I'm Anna Newton. And I'm Lily Pebbles. And welcome back to At Home With. Welcome to episode three. We're really happy that you guys enjoyed Erica's episode. It was so great. I really loved recording it. We just were so happy. And I feel like that really came across and we had loads of feedback from you guys. Would you like to read something out, Lily? Yeah, I actually took a couple of comments from Erica's Instagram photo and she like announced the podcast, which is really cute. So I thought we'd mix it up a little bit. So Sarah Pike says, oh, three of my absolute faves together. Happy hump day. What? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. And my read, Rosh says, lovely, warm conversation. I enjoy your decisiveness, honesty, and passion. Totally agree about the layering in regards to decoration. The stories woven into every piece is what makes a home. Oh, that's so nice. I've got one from Jill Kelly here on Twitter, and she says, Erica's Insta stories are brilliant. Her style is... A-OK emoji. <laughs> she cost me a fortune as I order everything she recommends. And that's like monkey with the <laughs> hands over his eyes emoji. So glad you did your episode two podcast with her. So thank you so much for all of your tweets, Instagram comments. I was about to say, don't go into like describing emojis as your next job because that, that, was, that was tricky. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for all of your comments. We love reading them. Please tweet us, review us on iTunes or Acast. We'd love reading them. From your feedback, it seemed like she really gave you a lot of new interior ideas as well and found her practical advice and tips so helpful, as we did. So if you'd like to let us know what you think of our podcast, if you want to contact us, then please use the hashtag at home with and we might read out some of our favourites in next week's episode. Please subscribe to At Home With. You can follow the podcast on iTunes or Acast and rate and review if you like it. And also, if you want to see any photos of these people's homes when we're talking to them, if you listen along on the Acast app, the photos come up during the duration. I've been using the Acast app and I really like yeah. it. Also, if you're on Android, Acast is the place to be. It is the place to be. So, should we chat about what we've been up to this week? I want to know what have you been up to this week, Lily? Well, you know, I don't want this to turn into a sports podcast, but... I mean, it is a sports slash Love Island podcast <laughs> at this point. It really is. It's just <laughs> summer 2018. But I went to Wimbledon last week. You did? And I forgot about that. It's such a good time. I'm such a tennis geek. So I went to Wimbledon. It was so fun. I mean, I watched Federer play and I'm such a Roger fangirl. I just yeah. love him. Yeah. You heard that Uniqlo are paying him over 30 million to wear their clothes. Go Roger. Go You Roger. go get that cashmere money. He's got two sets of twins, you know. Yeah, exactly. He needs, he needs to pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I'm such a Roger fangirl. But also the funniest thing, so I went with a brand. So where we were sitting, we were like with all the celebs. Deck was there, like as in Deck from Ant and Deck. You know, naive little me. I just thought we were watching the tennis. David Hay and Deck were behind me. It was cool. I was like playing it cool, you know. Yeah, turns out there's like paps the other side of the tennis court. I didn't realize. And I basically am in all the Daily Mail photos. Sitting, you made it. <laughs> sitting in front of Deck, looking like so miserable. I was concentrating on the tennis. He's like eating ice cream behind me. And I'm just like making this weird face. Like I kind of need a poo. I mean... <laughs> Oh my God, why have I not seen okay, this? I, I forgot to show you, but it turns, you know, it's good because I can tell you now. But yeah, that, that, was, that was my week. Can I ask you how it was spending two days with your brother-in-laws? I know. So I had two Wimbledon tickets with a plus one and I took my brother-in-laws one on each day. Yeah, it was great. It was good. You had yeah, fun. Great time. Yeah. Aww. It. it was just making me laugh watching your coverage because there wasn't any photos of you that anyone had taken. And I was like, oh yeah, that's because she's with her brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, there's no like outfit <laughs> photos going on. It was just pure tennis but yeah I had a great time what have you been up to so you've obviously written notes somewhere I've just realized I've looked down I've written no notes uh (laughs) what have I been up to so this weekend we had a barbecue for the world cup final 
uh, which unfortunately we weren't in. So let's not talk about that or dwell on that. (laughs) We'll move on. And I made a salad that goes down very well. Apparently, Anthony makes it in the final episode of Queer Eye season (gasps) two, which I haven't got to yet. Me either. It's a grilled peach salad. Nice. I didn't grill my peaches first time around, but I did second time around and it's much better. You grill your peaches, you put them in with some like really high quality tomatoes, Mm. some mozzarella or burrata, basil, drizzle of olive oil, drizzle of balsamic, salt, pepper, done. Yes, my mum makes that salad. We actually had it last night for dinner. Did you? And I agree, it's delish. It's absolutely delicious. And even my dad, who is like anti-fruit and vegetables, (laughs) had two portions. (laughs) Two portions. I was like, Stevie G, check you out. So that was my weekend. And it was very fun. Yeah, nice and chilled. Nice and chilled. Good weather still. We're loving that. This part of the podcast makes me laugh because we said like, let's chat about what we've been up to each week. And then we haven't got that, like, we don't do much. (laughs) It's a real struggle to think of like one interesting thing that we've done each week no I can think of something actually this podcast will be going out on a Wednesday I will be in Glasgow tonight oh look at you if you're in Glasgow I will be there from 5.30 till 7.30 it will all be on my Instagram Instagram stories I'd love to see you love sadly it's not Lily it's not the two of us but you know I thought I'd just plug that in there I'll be at home watching Love Island damn it I know gonna be on a flight home <laughs> at that point <laughs> ITV hub for the win <laughs> Okay, let's talk about this week's episode. It's with Thea Greed, MBE, the founder and director of Nails Inc. She's one of the few brand founders that we have on season two of At Home With, but we've wanted to have her on for ages as she's successfully led her business for almost 20 years, just from strength to strength. That is such a long time and so amazing. And we really wanted to hear more about her career story from how she set up the brand to the behind the scenes life as a very, very busy businesswoman with three kids. Plus, we've been huge fans of the brand for years. What's the, oh my God, I've just forgotten the name of the one that you love. Poor Chester Poor Square. Chester Square. Like, that is so you. Like, that's probably one of the first beauty products I remember you talking about. I've talked about it for years, mm. but I first came across Nails Inc. when they were doing, I think if you bought Glamour magazine, you yes. got a free Nails Inc. polish on the front. Yeah. Oh no, they did a collaboration with Diet Coke years and years and years ago. They came out with a color that was very similar to Poor Chester Square, this like purpley, taupey nude and I just I bought so much Diet Coke Mm. just to get multiple ones of that nail polish so in this episode we hear about how she first got the idea from a trip to New York it all started with a nail bar and the beginnings of her brand from the first nails ink store on South Moulton Street and how she grew it over the years Thea's roots are actually in fashion journalism. So she has a great eye for color. So like we said, we talk all about how she creates the shades, how she tests them. And we have your back because we asked her about her favorite wedding day shades. Seeing as we're slap bang in the middle of wedding season. So brides and guests, we got you sorted. Her home was obviously beautiful. Oh my God, it was so white. I don't know how she has kids in that house. So clean. So clean. But... We covered all kinds of topics like keeping it organized whilst having a family of five and how she incorporates stunning pops of color into a neutral home. If you have a look on the ACAST app, you will see her absolutely gorgeous blue shelving. It it was amazing. Seriously beautiful. And we hope you enjoy it as much as we did recording it. Prepare yourself for some serious inspiration. So here is At Home With Thea Green. podcast we've recorded so far that hasn't been raining it's not raining it's so nice Anna's wearing all black you must be hot I'm rather boiling I feel like I made not a fab choice with my outfit but our nails look good yeah one thing we did make a good choice <laughs> with was our nails which I painted this morning as I ran out the doors like I cannot turn up I did mine last so night you're, so you're prepared I cannot <laughs> turn up 
with raggedy old nails at Thea Green's house. Oh my god, this road's beautiful. Okay, we're just trying to find her lovely home. Okay. Okay, I think it's down here. Thea's <laughs> caught us going to the wrong house. <laughs> this is beautiful. Hi. 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 We found you. Hello. I'm so sorry, going to the wrong We got place. a bit lost. It's all right. Hello. This is beautiful. How are you doing? How are you doing? People obviously know you as the founder of Nails Inc. And we both have so many amazing memories of the brand. We're such huge fans. We always have been. We, we did our nails for you. Yes, you. we did. We're not going to test you on the colour, don't worry. No, mine's or part... Just a square. <gasps> yeah. Yes. I don't know what you're No, mine's quite niche, but it was like one, it's one of my faves. And it was part of the Alexa edit. I had like a whole blog post on this back in the day, but I I've always it. kept it. It's so really nice. We did our nails especially. Maybe we should bring it back. Every, yes. so, every so often we find one in the archives that needs to come back Definitely. again. It's I love idea. it. It's like a. I don't know, how it's would like you a describe that? It's like a grey blue, that? isn't it? Yeah, a grey blue. It's a bit like I love it. my wedding like day. Slate. Really like it. Nice. Obviously, Porchester Square is a classic. Yes, it is. I actually correctly guessed this on a friend the other day. Did you? Yeah, she <laughs> was like, it? yeah, paint my nails. And I was like, Porchester Square. She was like, no way. <laughs> oh She's God. like, you are good at your yeah. job. I was like, it's genuinely one of my favourites and always has been. Oh, thanks. We want to know how it all kind of started for you. Have you always been very entrepreneurial? I hate that word. I can never say it. I know. It's a very hard word to it say. It is a hard I word. I have to say it quite a lot. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I think I always wanted to set, set up my own business if that means being entrepreneurial and I think it could have been Nails Inc, it could have been something else. I think at the point that I was very early on in terms of starting out and working in magazines, I was excited whenever I met people that had their own businesses or in that kind of era of all the coffee shops coming over from the States and you know, all things American kind of trending really well over here. I was always excited about what people, where people were finding ideas and importing them or creating new ideas, you know, completely by themselves. So I think I was always sort of enamoured with it. I've been doing it such a long time, I can't really imagine doing anything else, but... Did it started with nail bars, right? It's, it started always with product and nail bars. So literally, I read time. actually, because we, we had an office clear out not that long ago, and I read our first business plan recently. I mean, this thing's obviously changed. But it was always open nail bars, sell products in the nail bars, build the brand and sell the products outside of the nail bars. But the first time we opened our first store, which was in South Morton Street back in the day, we had enough product to fill 10 or 20 stores. So I remember that if store. it had failed miserably, yeah. we were left with, you know, three years worth of store stock. We had bucket loads of stock because you have all the minimum orders. Yeah. What year was that that, that store? 1999. Wow. That's, That's a long time ago. ago. It's a very different street now, South Malta Street, isn't it? It was new. There weren't really other people doing no. the nail bar thing. No. Well, when we opened, we thought we were the only people. And then within a few months, there were other companies that opened up. There was like New York Nail Company. And there was something called Scarlet. There was a few that opened. And I think the only difference between really us and them was we had product. And no one else had product. And, and I think we sort of, it, that was always really important to how I set up the business. But I don't think I knew it would be the saviour of the business. Like, without product, you couldn't survive because mm. those service-only businesses didn't really survive. And I guess it meant that if people came and had their nails done, they could then take that same polish home with them and kind of top it up or do and it again. And I guess something memorable to remind you to go back and have it done there yeah. 
and also to enjoy the product. And also we, we sold quite crazy colour then in a world of like, that was like French manicure decade, I think, where all that anyone had was French manicure. And we really talked our customers not into having French manicures. We'd yeah. always like be, what about this yellow? And have you tried this amazing bright blue? You know, we always sort of encouraged them to have these kind of quite different nails so that people would comment on their nails because I think we worked out very early if you just have a French manicure, it could be anywhere. Everyone had a French manicure. Yeah. People had even worked out how to do it themselves at that point, you yeah. know? Yeah. And with so, those little like template things. Exactly. So I think we <laughs> I went, we went go wacko colour so that you'll never, you wouldn't get it anywhere else, yeah. you know? So I think we really encouraged all of our customers to sort of have all this sort of crazy colour. And why nails? Well, I had an American boss, so I went over to the States quite a lot. And everyone in, in magazine world would always stop off and get that. You know, it was like obligatory that you would get your nails done if you were in New York. And I just remember thinking, no one I know in the UK does that. No one at all gets their nails done. I mean, they get their nails done for like their wedding or a yeah. christening. I read and that's somewhere... it in your whole life. Most people that we interviewed as well, that, you know, we interviewed like cross-section of people. They, most people had got their nails done never once or twice. And it would include like your wedding, your sister's wedding or a christening. It was never I got my nails done because no. it was Wednesday. And I read somewhere that people in the UK then were quite embarrassed at the idea of getting their nails done in public, which yes. is so alien now yes, because so it's so had, normal. We had people saying that they had never got their nails done, exactly, they're not, not sure about getting their nails done in public, although anyone that had ever been to the States and got it done was sort of open to it. And they did say getting your nails done was much more likely than getting your makeup done, which you think now people get their makeup done in the middle of department stores as well. or. Yeah teeth or eyebrows or anything. I think they felt their nails was the most comfortable thing because it was a way. We had all sorts of women as well that commented on, I'd never get my feet out in public. And, you know, we do buckets loads of PR. And you're like, it's just your feet. It's ridiculous, no? I'd never get my feet out in the middle of, you know, Selfridges. And obviously people do. What do you think it is about the brand that I feel like we all know people who love your brand and are very loyal to the brand. My friend Sammy only has nails ink polishes. (laughs) We were chatting to Amy and she was saying, that's Amy, our producer, she was saying that her gran is obsessed. I feel like you have a really loyal customer We have to give your gran a goodie bag. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think it is about the brand? Do you think it is that concept that they can also come into store and have their nails painted as well do you think that creates a real like well-rounded customer experience i think you touch customers when you do services so i think that's you know a positive thing in the fact your a customer feels like they have a relationship with you because you you touch them directly by doing a service but i think product because i didn't come from a nail background or even a beauty background because i worked in fashion you know we set out to go what is the best product in the market you know we like the fact that this polish does this that this product does that but we don't like this and we don't like that and you kind of mix it all together to go, could we have a formula that does what all of the good things are that other people do and combine that? And could we have cooler fashion shades than other people, but really flattering and then just get this amazing, amazing quality out there? Because a lot of people talk to me about, they sort of, they do talk about colour and trend, but a lot of people just talk about quality. And I think in the end, yeah. painting your nails is a faff. So it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you want to have lovely nails, but no one actually really wants to sit down and do their nails because you know you've got to wait for it to dry. It's much harder work than just putting your concealer on. And so I think if you can give people products that they know are going to last three days longer than another brand they bought, then it's it's nice to know you've got a product that's going to last, that's going to look great, the colour's going to be flattering. And I think then people, you know, pamper wear, it sort of works out well versus, you know, maybe something that's going to come off in a couple of days. Totally. And let's have a chat about colour. Because yeah. you were saying that your background was in fashion. Yeah. So your background was in... I worked at magazines. So I worked at Daily Mail and then at Tatler magazine. 
Do you think that's had a real influence? Do you think you have that kind of eye because of your background in fashion when it yeah. comes to colour? That's really But like I think I've always been colour obsessed. Like when I was a kid, I used to tear things. My dad worked in, in fashion. He was, I mean, different type of fashion. He worked for like years as a buyer for Littlewoods oh, really? and then kind of worked his way up. I used to sit with all, he used to have all the kind of glamorous magazines because obviously, you know, Littlewoods would spend their whole lives copying, you know, designer brands. That was their business. And I used to sit with all those lovely magazines, like he had like W and all those things that like no one had heard of. You know, I grew up in Northwest, no, one, no one's dad had W magazine. That was like very nice. <laughs> um, and I would sit and rip them all out and I couldn't really draw very well. I tried, but I wasn't a good drawer. But I basically would make up my own fashion designs and stuff and attempt to sort of draw it. I always liked colour and fashion and play. And plus it should be fun anyway. It's, you know, at the end of the day, it's just nail polish. It should be fun and fashionable yeah. and make you feel good. And it is such a fun brand. You've got over 100 shades, right? Do you know yeah, actually any one, Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of total across the years, we're about 500 shades. But at oh any one gosh. time, we have about 100 up and running. That's amazing. Um, and they're all named after... It's all London streets. They're mainly all London streets. But over the last year or two, we've kind of branched out a bit as well and done some other I love names that. And as a London girl, that's yeah. one of the things I absolutely love about the brand. I get really excited when it's like a street that yeah. I know or something. So let's talk about the colours. Like, can you pick a favourite? Is it like picking a favourite child? It's like picking a favourite child. <laughs> so like you have three. Very, you have three, very, kids, three kids. Right? You yeah, can't you pick can't a favourite child. Favorite. Well, you can pick three favourite colours then. That's, yeah, that's the deal. <laughs> um, well, my office get very upset. I go back to a shade called Black Taxi, which is is black which yeah. really depresses my office when we're going through like colored things because I love black nail polish I've always loved it and so I regularly go back to black Porchester Square probably would be one of my favorites oh, and go. then I, I normally at any one time there'll be a hot neon color or a coral or an, you know a bright orangey red we did an amazing orangey red for VB for that we did like a Victoria Beckham I remember collaboration. that one it was called judo red a matte lid yeah I think that was that perfect orangey fiery red, red. Yeah. yeah I love and I that. love that orangey tone of red I just think it's more flattering than a regular red yeah I remember being um, excited about that color so I love that there was two in that collection there was also a great nude so I love those and then you were talking about the Alexa collection before. Alexa, these Alexa stars, stars. for us. And I loved the Alexa stars. And just on, she used to wear it like clear nails and just the stars, no other colour. Yeah. And I remember, I think that was the first time I'd even seen anyone doing that because everyone always put it on top of stuff and she just used to wear it. You know, just the odd star on her nails. I thought it was super cool. I loved those stars as well. Um, what are you wearing today? I'm wearing white out. We launched it last summer and we've re-promoted it again with our new colours this year because it was literally the most popular colour we did all of last year. So it's come back again this summer because it's just for a few months yeah. that you get white, white polish. I really like white nails, actually. Is there yeah. a colour that's a real pain to formulate? Like, so for eyeshadow, reds are really hard and purples are really hard. In nail polish, is there one colour that's like, yeah, ah, well, I think struggle a, to get right? I think neons over the years have been really hard. They've definitely got easier recently. But getting neons that come onto your nails the way that they look in the bottle, it's very easy to get it to look amazing in the bottle and then it yeah. comes out quite gel-like and it's not got solid pigment colour. I used to paint my nails white first and then put it on top And that's to what we it. did for years. We yeah. used to sell the white underneath it as a base coat yeah. to say because it, it, it didn't, you know, it, it sort of works so much better with it. This year we've launched neons without the white for the first time ever and it's amazing. full pigment colour and it's amazing. So I think that was, I mean, we've done neons for years and this year is the one, the first time that it works without a base. I saw You've those on, on your, your website and there's a gorgeous like orangey yeah, coral. Those. I was like, yeah. So those you don't tan. need, you don't, <laughs> you know, tan. you don't need anything underneath those. And then we're trying at the moment to do all these sort of oil slick shades. You know, that kind of, I think it's a sort of trend around in eyeshadow as well. Those sort of oil slick, you know, you see multiple colours. Like and you've got creamy. Those. Yeah. And they've been really hard because they look amazing in the bottle and they paint on your nail quite grey. And then mm. it just makes your nails look a bit dirty. It's not, 
That's and it's funny actually because loads of the guys in the office love it. They're like, it's really cool. And I'm like, no, no one wants dirty. It's in the end, your nails look dirty. You don't want dirty looking nails. So it's not right yet, but we're still, we've been, and we tried that one season before and we didn't land it. So we're, that's a hard one to do. Are you still really involved then when it comes to on the product? Yeah. Yeah, super involved on product. That's always. really cool. I think that's really nice for people to hear because it's yeah. such a huge brand. You wouldn't really yeah. know. Yeah, always. I think, you know, because there's no product that I think we've ever launched in Nails Inc. that I, I have I've had those moments where I've thought, I'm not sure about this one, and then it's ended up being better or, or it's not been right, you know, over the years. But there's nothing I think we've ever launched that I haven't, you know, been involved in in the process in some way or another. But the ideas now come from multiple places. For years, every product that we launched would only have come from my ideas. Now, I'd say probably half do and half come from everywhere else, you know. But then I think you'll naturally, because you've sort of been doing it for a while, will always tweak things. Mm. You know, like that all slick one, you know, it's come from, you know, a kind of makeup trend that the guys have picked up on. But for me, it's not, it's not right yet. You know, it needs to be. I think people trust us in quite flat, colours are flattering. They can't just be on trend and then they look Definitely. nasty on your skin. You know, I think that's, I think we sort of, we've always managed to steer our way away from sort of it's trend for the sake of trend. It has to be trend and look you know Definitely. make you feel good because that's what matters not just how it looks in the bottle it's no I think it's the same with lip isn't it I think Definitely. it's you know it can look amazing on a bottle and then it needs to look brilliant on and multiple people and multiple skin tones multiple ages mm. I think that's one thing you do really well it's very flattering shades that are timeless because when did poor Chester Square first come out Oh, years ago. Yeah, I think it's an early, early shade. 2000s, like, uh, like 2002, 2003. It's classic. That's crazy. Yeah. 16 years later, yeah. people are still wearing it. It's yeah. still people's favourites. Is there a best-selling shade over the, the time period? Porchester Square, which is that, and Mayfair Lane, which is a kind of dirty, nudie pink. Mm. Those two, I think, have always been in top 10 since day one. Baker Street, which is the cobalt blue, oh, yeah. has those yes. spikes every so often. So it's been a consistent one. It sort of goes away again and then comes back. Yeah, it's really um, nice. That kind of regularly comes back in. And then Caviar Top Coat, we've had for years as well. That would be higher up in the rankings, but that has always been in like top five forever. Do you have any like sentimental colours, like something you wore? on a special day for you or anything that you remember? I know, I told you that the office think that when I'm wearing black, that's like <laughs> a black mood. <laughs> no, I think. Early shades that we had from the beginning that we that we still sell well, like Tate was one of our first shades, which is like lovely red. Tate is now like in it's in our pure range. You know, we do a whole um, non chemical pure range, so it's not in standard formula. So it's kind of moved into its own you know next stage of development. So things like that, I think, are quite yeah. sentimental. And there's a Tate customer that's been around since 1999 that comes in every winter and buys that that color because it's like a you know burgundy berry red that has always been, it's always been in fashion, you know, it's that kind of September back to school nails yeah. look. So I think shades like that probably. That's so we nice. thought whilst we have you, and mm -hmm. it's kind of that like summer bride mm -hmm. season, mm -hmm. do you have any top picks for brides? See, I went for kind of this sort of shade yes. on my nails and Lily did like a, a bluey colour. I broke the rules. I thought, why married. do you have to have French or nude? Can't you just wear your favourite no. nail polish colour? So mine was like a bluey, greeny, grey. Especially <laughs> because you're wearing all white. not nude or white, yeah. but you're wearing, aren't you? Yeah. Then you can have a little Definitely. something. I think just kind of new, refreshing nudes. So like, you know, greys or bluey greys or um, like Porchester Square where you get that mushroom shade. Mayfair Lane is a bridal you know, a popular bridal shade for us, which is that dirty pink. But it's not like a French manicure classic mm. pretty pink. It's got a bit of an edge to it. It's got a bit of dirt to it. You know, it's got yeah. that grey tone to it. I think I, think I always like the... good as well. The white. Oh, I love it. All white. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. 
Yeah, you've made me want to paint my nails white. Yeah, I'm me going too. Home. <laughs> Being painted white. Let's have a chat beyond Nails Inc. Because yeah. you're not just the founder of Nails Inc. Not anymore, no. You are the founder of many brands. Let's have a chat about those. So we launched Incredible Cosmetics at the back end of last year. And Incredible Cosmetics is sort of, you know, it shares a lot of Nails Inc. DNA. It's a slightly lower price point. So typically the products are between eight and ten pounds. And we're really trying to keep everything, you know, that sort of under ten pounds price point, just because we see that's where the market's really trending. And Incredible Cosmetics basically has an acid test in our business, which is, is that incredible? And so basically 90% of our ideas, we go, that's not incredible. We can't have it. You know, so it's like the brand that drives you nuts because it has to <laughs> constantly be doing something really unusual. The best selling product so far is we launched these two shades recently called Listen Hard Girl, which were these neon lip paints, like a bright orange and a bright pink. I saw pink. those on your Instagram. They've been, and they they're UV, incredible. they glow in the dark. Yeah. And they, they had like lots of attention at Coachella and stuff. And so they've done really well for us. We like the fact that it's got, it could be anything, you know, yeah. it could be Bath and Body, it could be a candle, it could be anything that hits that incredible, incredible mark in our opinion. So, so you've got Nails Inc, Incredible, And then face, we've got, well, Facing is ink. now living in Incredible. So everything that we've ever done lives in the world of Incredible. So we had this moment of, we'll be Facing, Lip Sync and Nails Inc. And then we were like, this is a mistake because we're just ending up categorised again and actually never going to change Nails Inc, Nails Inc's Nails Inc. Yeah. But everything else that we do, all of our other projects, will live in the world of Incredible. Will there be hair ink? No, because I think everything. <laughs> I like the thing about I like about Incredible is that anything can sit in that category. Right. It's not limited to just yeah. color cosmetics. It could be anything, and it's I don't exciting. think people shop like that anymore. Where you go, I need to have a hundred lip, and then a hundred eye things. I think you can just launch cool product. You yeah. know, in the world of social media today, you just if we find a great eye product and we've only got four of them and then we find an amazing body cream, it doesn't matter anymore because it's not yeah. about having that wall bay in a department store anymore where you say, well, I've got to have 250 SKUs, otherwise I'm not a cosmetics brand. Yeah. You know, we'll quickly get to 100 SKUs. I think we're about 60 at the moment, but we'll be 100 quite quickly. Another brand which has just launched two weeks ago, and it's My Mood. And My Mood is basically a teenage lifestyle brand the most fun brand in the world to work on <laughs> um and actually it's not it's not catering just to teenagers because lots of like 40 year old friends and family are all loving it it's the first brand that's kind of got a mix of beauty lifestyle tech body bathing it goes all across categories and when it lives in the world of boots it will live in their bathing area but it sells mobile phone cases power bank chargers everything's based on very luxury high-end ingredients because normally the kind of teen audience Currently, it's sort of very sweet in terms of fragrances. And yeah. so we've sort of gone for much more kind of luxury, high-end ingredient bases, much cleaner, fresher smells, and then tech and accessories because we're imitating how you would shop online, that you would buy a phone case and then you'd buy a lip balm and then you might buy a makeup bag and then you might buy a shower gel next week. And we're trying to do that in a bay in boots, which hasn't been done before because normally it would be in the tech area, in the beauty accessories area and in the bathing area. Yeah. I think it's really cool. And you've... You've obviously started up with Nails Inc. and then you've seen there's more. You're, you're a real innovator in the industry. Is it like a gut feeling that you go with? Like, how do you sort of spot these trends and spot it's mainly, the next big thing? It's mainly gut feeling. I think it's mainly gut feeling and, a, and a, whether you get it right or wrong, a read on what you think's coming next. And then, of course, we do all the trend stuff, all the forecasting stuff. We read everything. But I think our best ideas come from gut feeling and this could be interesting or coming up with something that's not expected yeah and that's when we do really well when we do something that is unusual that we can own is when we you know we seem to do our best rather than when we just say oh that's going to be successful in the next couple of years let's launch one of those they go okay for us but our better products are when we just say 
we think this could be a product or wouldn't you all use this if this existed? We do better on those. I love that. I'm a big fan of like going with your gut. Yeah, we risk. do better on yeah. those. Are you quite instant at making decisions? I think because other, the other stuff, everyone's going through that same journey. If you're just going on what's trending, every other company's looking at that too, and then it's just a race of who gets it out first. And yeah. you've just got this little, little window if you're early. I think mainly we make decisions really quickly, and then when it's taking us a long time to make a decision, I go, we just shouldn't be doing it because we have to talk. Do you think that? You just have to talk about it so many times. If we're still talking about it, it's clearly a bad idea. If we had to have five meetings about the same thing, yeah, it's daft. We're not, we're not getting, we're not there. doing we're getting it. Anywhere. And actually, we do really well when we just go, yeah, love it. Let's, you know, let's go, and we can then react quite quickly. So we're downstairs in the basement, and we yeah. all walked down the stairs and went. That was oh me. Doesn't it? I'm taking you to the gosh. dungeon. <laughs> it's so beautiful down here. It's full of colour. We originally decorated this room in like my normal kind of nude, white, black. And it just looked dead. Mm. Um, it just didn't ever have any life. And it's, it's a kind of fun family hangout room. When we put the blue in it, it was the first, the room sort of came to life. And I remember my mum being here and I had a, a swatch of this material. And she was like, you're not going to have the blue covers and the green sofa. And I was like, yeah, because it, it needed a bit of life and a bit of fun. Yeah, so it's got this kind of L-shaped, stripy green sofa, which is very comfortable. And then these built-in shelves and drawers in like a, how would you even describe that blue? It's... Like a you know, it's like, it's a, like a seaside blue. It is. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like a Mediterranean proper bright blue, isn't it? It's like, I don't know what, why I would call this. I would call that Greek blue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But why so I didn't Greek I didn't blue. even thought about why that Greece would have a blue. But apparently, that's, yeah. that's what that is. Greek blue. And although the walls are white, I love this wall because it almost looks like a beach hut. <laughs> it's a bit like a, like a panelling on one yeah. side. It's absolutely gorgeous and it's so bright. We're in the basement here. Well, it's got this kind of skylight, skylight. which is oh, really clever, yeah. and these amazing big kind of copper ball lighting hanging down, which is I really Dixon? love. Yeah. Yes, so nice. And this is obviously the TV room. This is the TV room and general family hangout room. It is where like we should all kind of come and sit and work, and but we don't because we all just do it in the kitchen. This is like comfort, you know, comfort room, and we moved out of our house for ten months to do a basement. Wow. which was a fairly hideous experience. So I guess we love it because it was such an effort. <laughs> it was worth it, though. Yeah, well, it's worth it. because You know what? I think at a point in time, we felt more on top of each other. It's given everyone space because you've now got two living rooms. It, it's done an amazing thing for sort of family life. And what I thought was interesting about what you said about that time period where you had to move out to do the basement was that you didn't realise how much you loved being at home until no, you weren't at home. Because I'm at work all day, all the time, and I'm out all the time, even when I'm here, you know, we're always, you know, we're always busy doing stuff. We're, you know, we're not an in family. I didn't realise how important sitting on my sofa or lying in my bed at night was to me. I really didn't. Because I travel all the time for work as well. And I really am not, I've never thought of myself as particularly high maintenance. You know, when people are complaining about their hotel room, if, it, if I'm away for work, I'm like, I don't care. I'm here, I'm here for 24 hours. I'd like it to be nice. I'd much rather it was lovely. You know, I'd rather it was always great. But when it's not, it doesn't really phase me. I just yeah. get on with it because it's work and I'm, you know, out and about doing whatever I'm doing. I was actually homesick yeah. for a year and my kids and my husband were fine was so we lived in this ugly flat and it had this sort of weird yard thing at the back of it and my kids loved it because the football would bounce <laughs> off all the walls and so they literally thought it was the best place in the world <laughs> and it was so ugly and also I think there was no prettiness in the house I think to think clearly I need things to be tidy and I need a bit of pretty aesthetic You're and that makes me a very tidy person I can see that <laughs> but I like tidy and I like pretty yeah. and that helps me think clearly I don't think well in mess I don't think well surrounded by ugly yeah and I guess even though you travel a lot for work those small pockets of time that you come home you can instantly recharge and I just think sitting on your own sofa lying on your own bed 
I don't know. You're and more of a homebody than you thought you were. Yeah, because I'm never here. So it's hysterical that I'm such a homebody, but I am a proper homebody. And I'm saying I'm never here. I, you know, I like being in my home. But yeah, I'm much more than I thought I was. So you travel a lot. When you're here in the UK, yeah. do you work in the office? Do you work from home? Do you have space I to work I work here? from the office and then I try and work from home on a Friday. But it often means that I'll do one meeting maybe in town and then try and spend the rest of the time here. Or record podcasts. Or a, or a, podca- <laughs> or a cool podcast, exactly. Um, when you first started the brand, were you working from home though? Uh, when we first started the brand, we worked above our first store. And then actually for years, we used to go to wherever the store had the most space, like a back office or an upstairs. That's where we always worked. We always had a space in a, in a shop, effectively, for years. Then we moved into a tiny, tiny office in Mill Street in the West End. So you've always very much split work from home life, rather than having like an well, office in your home. I do, but then I would say to you, I'm always working and I'm always doing home life, because that's my life. So I'm always organizing stuff for my kids or dashing to go and see my kids doing something and then I'm always working as well at the same time as being with my kids I just feel like the two are just completely combined because none of us work you know kind of nine till five Monday to Friday and the same with my kids they don't not need stuff because I'm at work it's all Mm. it all just merges into one really how is it for you with interior design in terms of you have three kids yeah what are their ages 14 11 and 8 I mean, your place is quite white. Yes. Do you have tips for people who want a kind of white, cream, beige space, but also have children in the mix? They're quite good and sensible about, like, not, you know, coming down with chocolate fingers. But when they do, they do. Like, you just live in it. You know, it doesn't... When it happens, it happens. They just do what they do. And my boys walk in here every single night with muddy shoes and football boots and all of that stuff they're just told to put their shoes away despite the fact they're covered in mud but like you know it's just you just get used to it just be precious about it oh we're not at all precious about it because you just clean it again yeah I think you were saying something interesting earlier when we were chatting in the break about you feel like you did your best interior design work on your home after you'd lived here for a couple of years yeah I think I don't see space until I've lived in it like some people, like, you know, amazing, you know, talented people can see a space and go, I know exactly how I do that and what I do. And for me, I think because I like things to be put away and space and nice design, but also functionality, I think for me is a big thing, you know, mm. proper drawers that fit stuff away because there's so much, you know, you're a family of five. There's so much stuff all the time that I like practical. As much as I like creative and it looking good, I properly like practical. I hate it when my drawers don't close because there's so much stuff in them. Yeah. I find that all like super annoying. There's a lot of good storage in here. I've just realised. I'm there, like, oh yeah. There's loads of drawers. But shelving. I did, we definitely did great work when, we, when we'd when we lived here for years and knew what you needed. And also yeah. your needs change as you, you know, we'd gone from being a couple with a tiny, tiny baby when we first moved in to suddenly, you know, three kids. My nanny's here all day. My kids' friends are here all the time. You know, it's sudden, you know, regularly 10 and 12 people in my house. When we yeah. moved in, there was like, two and a tiny person you know it's like it's different it's different needs so yeah I, I don't think I can see it until I live in it and then I feel like then I can understand it do you have any like favorite places to shop for interiors you're saying this where's this, the green sofa from this is so my father-in-law owns like Colfax and Fowler and Larson and lots of interior brands so I buy furniture in terms of sofas and you know ottomans and chairs you know armchairs and all that kind of stuff from him I buy nice stuff when I'm on holiday, but I don't think necessarily in terms of furniture, but like bits and pieces, like all the stuff, you know, it's on shelves and stuff, I think it's all been kind of 
it's often sort of holiday buys. I like that because it adds a real bit of like personality. It's, when it's, it's nice. A bit it's different. got a nice little memory to it. Yeah, definitely. And then in London, I love the. I still think the Conrad shop's amazing. I love the Conrad shop. Yeah. It make, whenever I walk into the Conrad shop, I immediately want to redecorate my whole house and like throw everything <laughs> away from my kitchen and do it all because it all just looks so lovely and new. Yeah, and then Chelsea Harbour, which is around the corner from here, has got like amazing lighting shops and stuff. Yeah, yeah I just think pick stuff up as we go along, really. That's a good tip. And throw stuff away. I think when we moved out of here, the best thing that happened to us was we threw bucket loads of stuff away. That's the best. We Anna, Anna's more. particularly good at that. I did a we gasp, a lot more but then clutter. I was like, oh, getting rid of clutter is not my favourite thing. Um, it makes you feel really good, doesn't what's it? What's your star sign? Aquarius. Oh, I thought maybe you're a Virgo too, because I was just like, I'm getting serious tidy vibes from I you. I <laughs> love getting rid of stuff. It made me so happy. But just, I, th- I think it's also it's just part annoying of- when you realise something that you've thrown away that you kind of slightly still want. I did a bit too much clothes editing. I hate unpacking. So I was, I was unpacking, I was yeah. like, oh, I'd rather dump it than hang it up. <laughs> I get so givers a great, givers away regret sometimes. But, but I it just, still feels good. Yeah, I feel like this is what I want my future family house to look like because it's lived in, it has your personalities in it, but man, it is organised. Mm. Yeah. I can tell you like a bit of organisation. No, I just, I think we're really busy. So I feel like when it's, when my house is really messy, it makes me feel disorganised. And I am disorganised because there's too much stuff going on. I'm never on top of everything because you can't be. So then when it's tidy, it makes me feel a little bit calmer. Definitely. Amen, Thea. Amen. <laughs> I feel like to finish it off, you have just spoke about kind of your vibe of things. You don't like things being messy. Let's have a chat about your three biggest business tips. Because I feel Ooh. like there'll be people listening who think, wow, this is the founder of Nails Inc, a brand I've loved forever. But one day that was just an idea. And there'll probably be people listening who have an idea and just think, how can I ever make that into something successful? Okay. Do you have any tips? Yeah, so my top tip would be to constantly change. So I think the death of all businesses is staying the same. You know, Nails Inc. this last year has become Nails Inc., Incredible Cosmetics, My Mood. And it's all still Nails Inc. in my mind. You know, our group is Nails Inc. But we've gone into Bath & Body and tech accessories because women spend as much money on their mobile phone case now as they do on their cosmetics, you know. And I think that constant change is... A big old task, but I think it's it's where you win. And I think that's been not doing the same, you know, and just because it, it worked last year, it's so easy just to say, oh, that's sold really well, let's just do it again. And I think we do that very, very occasionally in Nelsing. Actually, the second time we ever sell anything, it never sells as well as the, it did the first time. So, because <laughs> I think we, you know, we create a bit of buzz around things. And then I would say, go on a plane or a train with whoever you're employing to work out if you like them enough that you could stick a three-hour train ride. It's like my Ooh, thing. that's a good one. Because <laughs> I feel like... For someone who... For anyone who's like employing people, that is a good tip. I feel... I don't always take that advice. And I've definitely messed it up over the years. But mainly, when I'm not sure about someone, I say to myself, even if the rest of my team love them, I go, if I was stuck on a plane with you, how would I be? And then I immediately go, oh my God, I don't want to be on the plane. <laughs> and then I know not to employ them. Wow. Because, you, you know, like that's working true. with people is a lot of your life and you wouldn't go out for dinner or hang out in the pub with someone that you felt that way with but you will work with them in an office I try I don't get it right all the time Jenny was saying to someone who was upset in my office recently because someone and her team hasn't worked out and I went honestly seven out of ten is good score on this stuff you can't do better I don't think you can do better than seven out of ten you can't get it right ten times out of ten it's just impossible no matter how long you do it but I think that train test it's my father-in-law's tip he told it to me years ago he was like just go on a plane with them 
And I was like, when you employ people, do you actually take them on a plane journey? <laughs> that's, that's I was like, I think, your bus- I was like, I think your business is much more successful than mine. You just literally just whip them on a plane. But he was like, honestly, do it. In their probationary period, get yourself on a train or a plane with them. And I was like, it's such a good test. Yeah. And then I would say, try and, you know, as your business grows, try and go back to doing all the stuff you love. Like you guys were saying to me before, it's amazing to the, you know, you're still in product. I love my product and I would much rather sit in a product meeting than I want to sit in a board meeting all day long. I want to sit in a product meeting. So whatever's going on, I will sit in product meetings and come to product meetings with my ideas or product that I want, you know, what I want us to launch, not, you know, not just come in there for the sake of it, really come in and be engaged and do it. So I think that's my three. That is everything. We really hoped you enjoyed that. And big love to Thea for agreeing to be on our podcast and also feeding us a very large breakfast spread. Oh my God. We literally walked in and she was like, breakfast? And we proper sat and had full on breakfast. We had a full on breakfast for about an hour before we did this Future guests, we do not expect (laughs) breakfast, but it was very nice. Scrambled egg, avocado on toast, (laughs) muesli, granola, the whole thing, it was there. We had a good old chat about nail polish colours. I really enjoyed it, actually. It was so, so fun. You can find Nails Inc. at nailsinc.com and they're at Nails Inc. on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow Thea on her personal Instagram account, which is just at Thea Nails Inc. So please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. And remember to listen on Acast if you want to see the photos. Sound and production is by Amy Elizabeth. I'm not going to lie, guys. We have really struggled to get through that outro. We had, we had a full-on laughing fit. We had to stop and pause, and I'm, my right eye is crying. We are oh crying right gosh. now. The laughter is just, like, bubbling up in our voices. <laughs> it's time to sign off. But we hope you have an amazing week. We'll be back next Wednesday with a brand-new episode of At Home With. So we'll see you then. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you're, like, you're literally wiping, wiping away, away the tears. Away tears. Oh. Do you need a tissue? <laughs>